You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Today, Judge Brett Kavanaugh is going to testify before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee in an extraordinary attempt to defend his personal and moral record against multiple accusations of sexual assault and misconduct. Kavanaugh's first accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, a professor from California, will also testify and give her account of what transpired at a party in 1982. While Dr. Ford will try to convince the senators that she is telling the truth about a traumatic experience at the hands of Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh is essentially fighting to convince just 51 sitting senators that he still deserves to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to carry that testimony live this morning right after our show, but we wanted to hear from one of our two senators here in Michigan about how the controversy is affecting people on both sides of the aisle and what discussions are being had. Senator Gary Peters is a Democrat from Michigan. Senator Peters, welcome to Detroit Today. Always great to be with you, Stephen. Yes. So let's just first get your reaction to the Kavanaugh story and this testimony that we're going to hear this morning. Well, I think uh, everyone will be watching uh, watching very closely. Obviously, uh, the uh, the accusations uh, that have been made, not just by Dr. Ford, but now there have been others that have come forward. So, uh, this uh, will be a hearing that uh, everyone will be focused on, and we'll have to see how it uh, plays out. So, uh, tell me what your position before this was on Brett Kavanaugh uh, following his testimony initially before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Did he convince you that he deserves a seat on the U.S. Supreme Court? Well, no. I, actually, I've, I've already uh, stated that I will not support him uh, for uh, for the Supreme Court. Uh, and it's based on looking at his uh, judicial record and, and where he has been over the years, uh, not standing up and making rulings that I think are necessary to make sure we protect things like uh, collective bargaining uh, for labor, uh, women's health issues are first and foremost in my mind. Uh, his rulings uh, uh, indicate that he would not support uh, uh, things such as uh, making sure that pre-existing conditions uh, can be dealt with and can be covered uh, by uh, insurance. On the environmental front, he's got a horrible record when it comes to protecting the environment, uh, the air and the water. Uh, so uh, my uh, my position on him is fairly firm that I would not support him as a Supreme Court justice. And you know, quite frankly, it's because I believe that we need to have justices uh, on the Supreme Court that are somewhere around the, the political center mm-hmm. and will be that fair arbiter of uh, of the law, uh, not somebody uh, at the far right, uh, which uh, is his record when you review it. And, and it's unfortunate that we can't uh, have a nominee before us that can actually get some bipartisan support. And you know, I think it's important to remember that when uh, his predecessor, Justice Kennedy, was confirmed, he received 97 votes out of the Senate, 97 out of 100, someone who people could would believe that even though you wouldn't agree with all of his decisions, was new that was fair and someone that would come from a, a, a middle kind of position to to be that arbiter in a highly charged partisan environment we have uh, in government, particularly today with a highly partisan executive in Congress. Uh, it would be nice to have a Supreme Court that is, uh, is that umpire uh, in the middle somewhere. Unfortunately, we don't get that uh, with the current nominee, and that's why I will be voting against him. So so, uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said earlier this week that a vote is going to be held on Kavanaugh and that he will be confirmed. But as these allegations against him mount, do do you sense that that's still the case, or do you sense that there may be some members of the Republican caucus who also are 
given pause about Brett Kavanaugh? Well, I think it's fair to say there are there are some that are uh, that are giving some pause uh, to this. That's why this hearing will be uh, extremely important uh, for them, I believe. And uh, I think they'll be careful of saying anything related to that. But I, I think it would be difficult not to not for the to take seriously what happens uh, in the in the hearing today. Uh, if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed after all of this uh, testimony and these allegations, is there fallout for the GOP if, for instance, they say, yeah, we don't think this is terribly important? I mean, the moment uh, that we're in right now culturally uh, as a nation, I think, has some bearing on what will happen uh, down the road. What, what do you make of that? Well, I, I I don't think it'll sit well with the uh, the American people, especially if it's rushed through. If we do have a vote in committee tomorrow, as uh, Leader McConnell has mentioned, will happen, and uh, and Chairman Grassley uh, will move forward, and then perhaps a vote as early uh, as uh, Monday or Tuesday of next week. Uh, that doesn't certainly give much time for reflection after this hearing, and it's pretty apparent. Uh, that many uh, folks uh, had their minds uh, made up and uh, we're, we're going to move forward regardless of what was said uh, uh, in the hearing. And I think uh, that will have some repercussions. I, I think, and that's why I, I'm really kind of puzzled uh, why there isn't a, a FBI background investigation on these uh, allegations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty much standard course. Uh, they, uh, there was a background investigation done on him already, but uh, obviously new uh, new uh, accusations and other situations have come up since that time, and it's not unusual then for the FBI to take a look at uh, new facts or new accusations or whatever may come up since that uh, background investigation. And it's important to have that just for the context, you know, have the FBI find out uh, whether or not they can find other folks that can uh, testify or can remember facts related to the situation. People are more likely to to talk uh, to the FBI than they are under the uh, bright glare of lights of a committee hearing. Uh, also, when you talk to the FBI, you have to do it uh, under uh, uh, under uh, conditions that you have to be truthful or sure. it's a criminal charge. And so you can put the proper context. And, it, and if you're going to move forward, uh, you know, this, this kind of investigation would be helpful for the American people and for certainly those senators on the fence to have uh, – an independent assessment of what situation are we actually dealing with from the FBI. We, we, you know, even in the Anita Hill case, which is certainly not an example mm-hmm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination of what a good fair hearing was. But even then, there was an FBI investigation that looked into the background and yes. brought some background context uh, to the senators uh, on that hearing. Uh, we should expect nothing less in this case. Uh, Senator, y- you mentioned the the confirmation vote for Anthony Kennedy, uh, the justice who Brett Kavanaugh would replace and and how almost unanimous it was. Uh, that was a really different time, uh, though, in the Senate. It was a different time in the country. It was a different time on the court. And I wonder what you make of uh, the assessment by some Republicans and I guess by some Democrats as well, that we have now moved into an era where that's nearly impossible, where this has become such a partisan process that no matter who gets nominated, uh, we will see this kind of uh, prolonged assault on their character, for instance, uh, as a way to try to to try to disqualify them. Uh, do you have that kind of view, a pessimistic view maybe, of 
of what's happened uh, to Supreme Court com- nominations over the last three decades, or are you maybe more optimistic about what, what the future will look like? Well, uh, I guess I'm going to answer that two ways. I'd like to be more hopeful that that's not where we are going, but I'm also a realist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from the, <laughs> the realism factor, I understand that we live in a hyper-partisan charged uh, environment right now, and it would be difficult. Uh, you're certainly not going to get uh, 97 votes uh, for a justice, but I would hope uh, that we would be able to get a justice that could get over 60 uh, and have uh, that kind of uh, uh, support from the minority party, whoever is dominating a justice, that is someone who is uh, uh, could be center left or center right, but the, but somewhere uh, towards the middle as opposed to the extremes. Uh, if we have justices that are at the extremes, we're only going to feed this fire of hyperpartisanship that I think is ultimately uh, very damaging to our democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from here uh, in Michigan. I want to change the subject just a little bit. Uh, this week, you were the ranking Democrat uh, on a subcommittee hearing on the impacts of PFAS chemicals. PFAS is becoming a big story here in Michigan as the contamination appears pretty pervasive. How is the rest of the country looking at this issue? Is it similar in other states? Well, it is, it is PFAS uh, is everywhere in our environment. So every state uh, has uh, PFAS and varying uh, concentrations of it. Uh, it's been a uh, particular issue in New Hampshire as well as Michigan. Uh, we had uh, folks uh, testifying in our committee uh, from New Hampshire uh, talking about uh, the challenges uh, that they face. But you know, PFAS is a class of chemical uh, that uh, it constitutes about 3,500 chemicals. And these are things that were used uh, and continue to be used uh, for uh, stain resistance on fabrics, uh, uh, for nonstick uh, pans. Mm-hmm. It's used in fire retardants and firefighting foam. I mean, it's uh, a lot of what we use every single day uh, has uh, PFAS chemicals in it. And uh, we're finding uh, that these chemicals, uh, one, uh, do have uh, significant health impacts, although we have to learn a whole lot more about what that is, but we do know they're cancer-causing. And we also know they're prevalent in some places at extremely high levels, so like in Parchman, Michigan, and Oscoda, and other places in our state. And people have been exposed to large amounts of these chemicals over many, many years, decades in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the federal role in these cleanup efforts? Uh, is that what the Senate is is trying to assess here and maybe uh, talk about whether these are mostly state issues to to try to deal with this. Well, it's going to be both. And that was a main reason why I called this hearing and and brought these experts in, is that we've got to focus on what that federal role is and how we work with states. There will be a a lot of folks who will be responsible to make sure that uh, we, one, prevent PFAS contamination and, two, clean up those sites uh, that have been contaminated. But uh, basically, uh, with a couple things that we need to be doing at the federal level. One, we've got to put more money into research. I had someone from the National Institute of Health uh, there yesterday. Uh, we still don't know a lot about these chemicals and how they impact the body. The one thing we do know is that once they get in your body, they stay there for your entire life, mostly. They're very persistent chemicals uh, in the environment uh, as well, uh, have uh, a variety of health effects that we know are bad uh, and want to continue to research that. Uh, so that's uh, important. But the thing that I really uh, pressed was the EPA that currently does not have a standard as to what is uh, a safe standard, what's safe and what's not, 
you need to have a standard before you can clean up a, a site uh, to uh, to set as a goal for for cleanup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the EPA tells us they do have the information necessary to to create that standard. They're hoping uh, or they're saying they will have by the end of the year that standard. But we're going to be pushing them pretty aggressively to uh, to come up with that standard and and then start enforcing it. Okay, Gary Peters, Senator and Democrat from here in the state of Michigan. Always great to talk to you about these issues on Detroit today. Thanks so much, Stephen. Always great to be with you.